yo, yo, it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is designed to help you overcome adversity and live your dreams. Every week, we will be sharing stories of people who found their strength in their struggle. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. And that's a lot of threes, so let me tell you what it is. It's fitness, coaching, and nutrition. It is a place where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better, and it is mind, body, spirit. Today, we're going to help you get your mind right with our special guest. Hello, Overcomer Nation. Well, it is almost Memorial Day in our country, and that is a time to remember our veterans. And I can think of no better way to do that than with my friend and fellow masterminder, Janine Henson. She has worked tirelessly since the loss of her son to help fight against veteran suicide. So today I'm super excited for her to share with you about the Daniel Ferguson Memorial Foundation, the work that it's doing, and the Legacy Project, and just her story overall. So Janine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Travis. Uh, I'm super excited. So um, yeah, maybe we should just start back a little bit, uh, giving a little history on Daniel, you know, because he was always in love with the military. It was his dream. Uh you know, got into the 82nd Airborne, right? Was that the dream? Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, if you could, maybe just give us a little history. Well, I think um, Daniel, as far back as I can remember, um, loved the military. And I think part of it was his dad um, is a Vietnam veteran. And um, he, he used to... Um, the games he would play would be, you know, army games. And when other kids would be going out partying, he would go out reconning, whatever, whatever that meant for him. And um, he even went to Army Navy Academy thinking he would get an insight into that secret world. And what he found out was it was just private school with marching and uniforms. But he never gave up on his dream. And he wanted to join right out of high school. And I, um, his dad and I both just said, you know, we'll support whatever you want to do, but please go to college first, which he did. He went to Oklahoma University, graduated with a degree in political science. And then he um, right away, joined the army and he loved it. He loved it from the get-go. He loved boot camp. And I remember a letter he wrote me that just said, you know, yeah, there's a lot of screaming and um, yelling, but I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. And um, he was excited about um, jumping out of um, airplanes. In fact, he was the first one out when they did their first jump. And every part of it he loved. He was deployed to Afghanistan and um, he worked in intelligence. So in my mind, as a mother, I pictured him in some really safe and secure <laughs> location that got me through those years in Afghanistan. And then um, when he came back, um, he wanted to apply for officer candidate school. And he wanted this to be a career. And there was a mix-up in his eye test. And they said, no, you won't qualify because of your eyes, which his eyes are 20-20. So it was just a mix-up. But he got pretty angry and he left the army. Mm -hmm. And um, he was lost. And I remember during that time, 
I was very frightened because he, he had no purpose. He had no goals. He tried to go back to Oklahoma University on his, um, his GI Bill and um, he, he couldn't find his way. And so eventually he went into government contracting and found himself back over in Afghanistan. And it's something that a lot of military will do when they get out, one, because the money is really good, and two, because they can find that camaraderie that mm -hmm. they miss so much. And um, that's exactly what he did. Wow. Wow, that's pretty amazing. And uh, then from the government contracting, like how long did he stay in that? So he did, um, there was, it was a year and a half and um, in Afghanistan, and he was in some very dangerous places. And um, one location, he said they only helicoptered them in because the roads were too dangerous to drive on. Mm -hmm. So not easy for a mom to go through, but it was his adventure, his journey, and he, you know, he loved it. And um, unfortunately, he be, um, when he came back from the, when the contract was over and he came back, he started to work at Lockheed Martin, which actually he really loved. Uh, unfortunately, he started to throw blood clots and um, we don't know why. Um, I had a client who was a nurse and she said, she told me, yeah, you know, we would have healthy young men come in who would start to throw blood clots and firemen typically. Well, firemen are one of the highest um, careers with toxic exposure. So um, I started to be suspicious about what was he exposed to when he was in Afghanistan. And um, they were extreme, extremely excruciating and painful and his leg would blow up like, you know, twice its size, and he could barely walk. So he went to um, doctor after doctor, hematologists, oncologists, trying to find answers. And I even went to one hematologist appointment with him, and they didn't know why. And so they put him on blood thinners. Um, but apparently, unbeknownst to us, he was still continuing to throw the blood clots, even on blood thinners. And um, I think the pain of it, as well as he could no longer do any of the things that he loved in life, which was, you know, going hiking, um, playing basketball, weightlifting, body surfing, um, all the joys he could no longer do. And on, um, he, he decided that he wanted to go travel. So he told us that um, he was gonna go two weeks to Dubai, Thailand, um, Spain. And he said, but I'm not going with my buddies. I wanna go to see it through different eyes. I wanna see the reclining Buddha. I wanna see the things that I missed before. And um, he did tell me when he was there that he, he'd gotten sick for part of that visit. He wouldn't go into details. And if I, um, pride as a mother tends to question 
beyond where maybe we should, um, he, he would get kind of short with me. So I knew when to back off. And um, he called me when he returned from his trip. And, you know, we talked about future plans. We talked about um, Easter was coming up and what we would do. We talked about his trip. We talked about future trips, like maybe going where he'd like to go next, go to Italy. Um, he loved to travel. And um, then I got this funny feeling. And I said, Daniel, I, I really need to see you. And he, he said, no, no. And I went, oh, well, of course, you've got jet lag. I'm sure you're really tired. Um, how about next weekend I come up and I want to, I just want to be with you. And he said, um, no, no, mom, I got to go. I got to go. I need to call his sister, who he called after that. And that was the last time that I talked to Daniel. Mm. And on March 17th of 2019, he, he then took his life. So they found him. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. So sorry. You know, uh, there is uh, no greater tragedy that I can imagine than a parent losing a child. Um, it's just so difficult, so difficult. Um, however, in not every parent takes the stance that you did. Not every parent can find a purpose in their, in their tragedy. And, and you did, and I don't know how long you searched for this, how immediate it was, uh, where you said, you know, here was my son uh, in love with the military, wanted to serve his country. And due to a few twists and turns, you know, this is where we ended up, you know. Um, what was that process like to go from a, a grieving mother to one with a, a purpose that now has this legacy project, this Daniel Ferguson Memorial Foundation? Um, you've met different uh, veterans groups that are all trying to you know, bring awareness to veteran suicide and mitigate it. Um, you know, even uh, I, I think that I remember one story of uh, equine, uh, equine therapy. Uh, there's just, you know, different ones that you've uh, engaged with. So what was that like? You know, tell, tell us about, you know, your decision to get involved in that and a little bit about this journey, if you would. Well, um, yeah, soon after he died, you know, it was, it becomes kind of event planning, which is bizarre. You know, we did a celebration of life. So um, distraction is a very um, big part of dealing with grief. Um, I have a very good friend who's an event planner and she went into event planning mode and we, we put together um, this celebration um, that was, um, family, friends, you know, shared about Daniel's life. And of course, when that was over, yeah, it's kind of like, now what? Mm -hmm. And um, so that's like, you know, a couple weeks after. And I think it was about April. It was very soon after that, that um, I decided I wanted to do something to help veterans. And I remembered a gentleman who I met at Todd Durkin's retreat, and it was in Rancho Bernardo. And um, I, um, he stood up and he spoke about, um, he had lost five friends that he had served with. 
in the military. And he had such a heaviness about him and that he would invite veterans to his gym. He was in Dallas, Texas, and um, to have them work out, to have them kind of be together and do something positive to give them strength. And um, I, I went over at the break and I spoke with him and this was before, right before Daniel had passed. And I said, I, I remember when Daniel went through this, when he got out and how lost he was. He was like a ghost of himself. And I said, I want to do something uh, to help. I, my, my gym was in Fallbrook, which is a military town. We're at the back gate of um, Camp Pendleton. So I said, there has to be something that I can do at my gym. So I, oddly, maybe a God thing that that thought was already in my mind. And then here a couple weeks later, Daniel was gone. So it was already that seed had been planted. And um, I then met a gentleman who was kind of doing this in out of his garage. Um, his name is Tony Walters. He was um, a Marine. Uh, he was 10 years in the Marine Special Ops. And he really struggled when he got out of the military and went through some dark times. And so he started inviting some of his buddies to the, his garage and they would, you know, deadlift and bench press and squat and do sleds and, you know, um, kind of ruck, rucking um, workouts similar to in the military. And when I met with him, he was so kind. And I sat and he listened to me for like 45 minutes as I told my story of Daniel. And, and he just gave me a hug and said, you know, we, we can do something. And so we did. We started um, in the gym with a, a crew and we wanted it to be particularly small groups, like just four or five, because we wanted to to foster conversation. Mm -hmm. So um, they, Tony set it up beautifully where um, they would set each other's weights, they spot each other, um, they cheer each other on, very similar to the environment in the military where it's this, I've got your back. Yeah. And that's what they're, they're trained to do. So they're able to continue with that and as, as we build this environment of trust, then they can begin, and I've seen that happen, where they can begin to open up and talk about their struggles. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted to take it a step further and um, provide goals and purpose. So yes, it's great that you're working out and you're building, you know, you're building your body, you're strengthening your mind, um, you're with like-minded individuals, but what about goals and purposes? So we decided that we would look for events that they could, um, could do together. And um, my first thought was the, the U.S. mud run, which right. I've done with my gym members. We'd have every year like 18 to 20 members. We'd go do this mud run on base, which is a blast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
that's that's where the the second part of the foundation came about. Okay, and so first, I have a, a question as far as what have you found that these veterans are missing the most, or actually, what is the most therapeutic? Um, do you feel that it's, you know, getting into an exercise routine because we all know that there's a natural boost in endorphins and things that make them feel better when we can, you know, get them into that routine? Or is it a connection to someone else that understands what they're going through, you know, adding in these missing pieces? Uh, you know, is there is there kind of a, a formula here that's, you know, helping people that uh, could be facing the same thing that your son was facing? Yes, that, and that's a great question. It is. It is the connection. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was in, very fortunate to be invited to um, the, a surf therapy group. Um, it was through, it's through the VA and um, part of a program I'm involved with called the Legacy Collaboration. And the therapist from that also is the therapist for the uh, surf group. And she invited me and a couple other um, people from that group to join the surf group. Well, it was interesting because at the beginning, the combat vets, and by the way, they're very particular. Like if, if they wanna know about a group, the, one of the first questions I hear is, well, are there combat vets? Oh. It has to be relatable. Okay. So, you know, that somebody who understands what, you know, some of the trauma that they have seen. Mm -hmm. So they, the veterans were like, what? There's going to be civilians in our group. And they were like, uh, -uh, -uh. you know, oh, we okay. don't want a, a part of that. And um, what we do um, is, you know, we kind of meet together and, and we have a meditation at the beginning and then we get to go out and surf and learn to surf. And the instructors are veterans and military veterans. And some of them, it blows me away. They're just quiet and very kind. And then I find out they're like a Navy SEAL or they're, you know, this badass Marine. And you're like, what? <laughs> and, um, but they've worked through their demons and they want to give back. And then at the end, there's kind of a debriefing. And over the months that I've been involved with it, um, they began to open up. Now, I can't obviously go into specifics um, because it's, it's very um, private within the group of what they share. And we shared the civilians, our loss. Mm -hmm. and, and that began to build a trust with them that they understood and kind of wanted to explain almost as if they're explaining with me. I think of them as all kids, you know, like I'm the parent in the room. I'm the mom of the group. And, and like, they want to explain, like they would want to explain to their own mom, like some mm -hmm. of their struggles. And, and it did, it began to open up that, that connection and level of trust between me, just a civilian, but it's the civilian who lost her son, who was a combat vet. Yeah, and there's the bridge, you know, there's the bridge and, the, and they understand that even though they may feel alone in their struggles that, uh, you know, who do their struggles impact? 
you know, I mean, there's some, there's some people that love and care about you that are, are going to carry your cross with you that are going to carry your burdens, you know? So, so very important. Now you mentioned that when you got to the goals and purpose and, you know, contemplating the, uh, the mud run, uh, that's where the second part of the foundation was born. Now, what's that second part? So, um, well, <clears throat> when we started the foundation, my goal was to really launch it on May 6th, which is Daniel's birthday. And it takes about a year to get approval for a 501c3, which we are. And um, that meant in 2020. Well, in 2020, everything shut down. Right. And um, Tony began doing my social media for the foundation. And we were even had more concern because now there's even a greater disconnect mm -hmm. with the veterans. So um, he would post workouts and it would be workouts like you know, taking jugs of water and, and doing squats with them or very creative doing pull-ups on like um, hanging from a dining room table, you know, right. just things around the home. And, and most importantly, getting out in nature, getting mm. out of the house and, and out in nature. So it was a while before we were able to do any type of events um, until things started opening up again. So we pretty much stayed on social media and we connected with veterans um, nationwide through, wow. through the um, social media, um, Instagram and Facebook. And also we have two, actually, there's the, the public um, for the foundation, public sites. And there's also one called Daniel's Challenge, which is a private site which is only for veterans because it will be a place where they can open up and share a little bit more than they would want to if it was public. Mm -hmm. So um, when we were finally able to open up again, um, we got back in the gym, the guys and gals as well are working out together. And so we started talking about what kind of things they would like to do. And it's all about powerlifting and, um, and Tony's a power lifter. So, you know, kind of makes sense. Powerlifting and Spartan. Okay. And at the time, um, DECA, which is a spinoff of Spartan. Spartan, as you know, Travis, is the outdoor. And DECA is in the indoor setting. Um, Ten grueling stations. Yes. I can't believe these guys did this and wanted to do it again. Um, so we started talking about that and then now they have a goal. So even when they weren't able to make it in the gym or it was hard or they were in an emotional place that it was tough to come in, they now had, had a purpose. Okay. Yeah. Coming up this event. So, um, we did our first one in Oceanside, um, we're in, you know, California. So our first one in Oceanside. And like I said, whoa, it is grueling. Yes. And these guys love it. And of course, DECA is very smart because they do their medals. They have like three different events mm -hmm. um, and they do their medals. They only give you a third of it. Right. <laughs> and I yeah. thought, that's yeah. really smart because, oh, I got to I got to complete my medal. Yeah. So I wanted to go back. The DECA mile and the DECA fit, right? You have yeah, to try. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, and, you know, shout out to the Spartan organization. Um, you know, I feel like they've really fostered a great thing for veterans as well. Uh, there's been many events that I've gone to where I've seen the Oscar Mike, uh, you know, military organization there uh, marching and, you know, gathering a crew of veterans to do it together. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that's an awesome uh, outlet as well that they're building. So uh, really cool. So you, uh, so you've given that aspect, by the way, I, I'd like you to comment on this, if you would, it seems like, and it's hard for you to probably be who you are without having this perspective. It seems like, you know, you, in each adversity, you found this opportunity. And so whether you're somebody today that's listening to this show and, and maybe you haven't lost a veteran, uh, but you'd be hard pressed not to have had some adversity in your life. And it seems like it, you know, with the loss of your son, you found like, what can I do? Right. And then even during the, the shutdown, maybe your community got bigger than it would have gotten otherwise, because you started connecting with people nationwide. You know, when you're, when you're faced with adversity, uh, you can focus in on the adversity or you can uh, focus in on the opportunity. I mean, what would you say about that? I, I mean, are you just naturally that way? Or uh, do you train yourself to kind of look for, you know, the greater purpose in it? You know, the what can we do? I, well, I think, um, I'm, well, one, I'm a natural nurturer. <laughs> you know, that's just that part of being a mom. You know, for me, being a mom is the best job ever. And um, I I find so much joy in it. You know, when when I can see changes in veterans and see them moving forward, nothing, it's hard to find anything that gives me more, more joy than that, that we as fitness trainers, and you know, because you see this in every day in, in your business as well, that we do change people's lives. Mm -hmm. And um, that has been such a blessing yeah. to be able to. So it's a combination. It's something that is in me. Yes. It's also something I have to work at yeah. really hard. I just think, you know, I'm inspired by your choices during uh, every aspect of the journey that you've been taking us through. And, and I hope that our listeners are finding inspiration because it's just, you know, which way or which side of the coin are you looking at right now? You know, because uh, it, it doesn't do us or anyone else good to stay, you know, immersed into the negative. But if we can see what what good can come from this and and choose to take action on it, uh, it's very therapeutic for us and very helpful for others. You know, um, and that's what you've done uh, time and time again. Um, so this uh, the second portion uh, is you know giving more goals and purpose, right? You know, because now we're not just getting together as a community. Now we have events to train for and things such as that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's another key ingredient, right? Because we have the ingredient of getting people exercising, you know, focusing on a, a good aspect to health. Um, well, connecting in community and more importantly, connecting with people that they can relate to that uh, one have either been a combat veteran, uh, talking to another combat veteran or the bridge that was built. You know, you have, uh, you know, a veteran talking to somebody that's, that's lost someone, lost a veteran, right? Uh, so you have that community aspect and then given their group uh, goals and purpose. Um, what else have you found along the way that you consider to be 
uh, a great thing for our listeners to become aware of uh, when it comes to, you know, helping veterans and, um, you know, helping battle this, uh, the suicide epidemic that's been going on with our veterans. Um, when I first had lost Daniel, I started really, you know, I'm searching for answers and wanting to understand the veteran mindset, the military mindset um, more, in, more in depth. And I started listening to podcasts and one was seeking um, military suicide um, prevention. And he made a comment about, yeah, there is an awareness of, you know, everyone knows the 22 too many, that number is not exactly correct, but um, doesn't matter. Even one is too many. However, um, I'm, what stood out to me was his comment that we all are aware, but what we need is action and we need action in the communities. And I thought of all these different foundations that are out there and there's wounded warriors and irreverent warriors. There's, you know, just a whole list of different uh, foundations that are seeking to help veterans. And I said, if we could all unite together, what a louder voice that we would have. And it took me to while, a while to get involved with Vance, which is the Veterans Affairs of North County. And I just went to their first meeting a couple months ago and it's all foundations and groups there that are there purposely to help veterans. And there's anything from finding homes, finding employment, um, financial assistance, um, just the the equine program <clears throat> that I had talked about, they're a part of the group as well. And um, there's a lot of groups out there. What's lacking is veterans knowledge that all these groups exist. Okay. And trying to negotiate through the VA is, is extremely difficult. And I hear a lot of bad stories about experiences. So the VA kind of gets a bad rap, unfortunately, because there are a lot of wonderful programs like the surf therapy group. And they also do a ski group and they also do um, an equine group. And if you, you have a habit, a habit of hobby or something you love doing, they'll have a group right. that you can connect with other people. <laughs> this one um, Marine told me, you know, if you like crocheting, there'll be a crocheting group that you can <laughs> connect with and all crochet together. So, um, so the communities need to really take action. And it's, it's difficult because veterans typically will decline help. Mm -hmm. they'll say no no that's for somebody who really needs it not me that's for someone one of my brothers who who really needs it so it's not easy to navigate our way through um helping veterans yeah sure you know veterans are very uh self-sacrificing people right so they're thinking that they always want to give it to the other person right you know let that yeah. person have yes. it. 
So yeah, this is this is a, a great place that you know we found ourselves in. Um, we have fitness enthusiasts, we have gym owners, we have um, all sorts of different people listening to this podcast. So maybe we can speak both to the gym owner and to maybe just the uh, you know citizen that wants to do something. Maybe this Memorial Day you're inspired to do something, you know, to thank a veteran and uh, you know try to honor the sacrifices and, and honor those who have served. And I hope that even beyond Memorial Day that you'd like to do that. So what would you say to the person uh, that's listening that may be a coach or has a gym? You know, how can they help veterans? And, uh, you know, you mentioned raising awareness. You know, how can uh, even a person that doesn't have a gym, uh, you know, get involved and help to the fight against uh, veteran suicide? Well, one is hire a vet. Mm-hmm. Okay, there you go. I had multiple veterans who worked for me <laughs> in the gym, and they are my best employees. Mm-hmm. You know, they show up on time, if not early. They're they're very sy- systematic. They um, know how to follow orders. They're very respectful, and yeah, they make the best employees. Mm-hmm. So I would say hire that. That's a really good, really good answer because we do have other types of businesses listening as well. And, uh, you know, whether they be a business leader in charge of hiring or a business owner, uh, that one speaks to all of us. Uh, so that's a really good one. Um, what else? Maybe there's like a top three or five things that we can all do to help. And um, if you do see somebody struggling, to encourage them to reach out. Um, that's really important. The um, suicide hotline is now a lot easier. It's now 988 is the number. So, and, and to ask them, have you, this is one of the therapists had, from Surf Therapy told me, have you ever considered harming yourself? Mm-hmm. It's important to ask that question and it's hard to do. Yeah. Because we think of what are they going to think of us? You know, are they going to get mad at me? Uh, We kind of think of ourselves in what that answer might be. The the question needs to be asked. Have you ever thought of harming yourself? And then. Is that your advice? If I'm listening to this podcast today, if I'm part of this Overcomer Nation, I'm listening to this podcast today and I have concerns about a veteran in my life. Is that uh, your number one? Absolutely. Absolutely. Number one. And then two would be to listen. Mm -hmm. And just listen. And as they begin to feel that they have a safe place to to share, you know, listen without judgment, without comment, without solution-minded, just to listen Mm -hmm. is very important. Really good. Really good. Uh, You know, I'm inspired today. I'm like, you know, how can I facilitate uh, these groups? Because we we have deck in our community and, you know, we uh, definitely go to different obstacle course races and 5Ks. So I could I could see us uh, getting a good group of folks that uh, are veterans training together and training for a purpose. I think that's awesome uh, what you're doing. And and I'd love to do it in my own gym. So uh, thank you for that inspiration. Uh, can you talk a little bit about this uh, legacy project? Because I have 
of Phoenix uh, behind me here. If you're if you're watching this versus listening, either way, uh, you know the Overcomers uh, logo has a Phoenix in it. Journey, the franchise that's the sponsor, has a Phoenix in the logo. And uh, I, this uh, song recently came out, uh, "Follow Phoenix," and you know there's a bit of a legacy project going on. So, can you talk about that? Yes. So the legacy collaboration started about three years ago. And I had met the woman who is a therapist for the VA at a TAPS um, meeting. TAPS is Tragic Assistance for Survivors. And, you know, again, at that time, being so lost and not knowing where to go with my grief, I decided, okay, I'll try one of these. And she invited myself and another mother who had also lost her son to suicide to be a part of this called legacy collaboration and what we were to do was to tell the stories and she asked particular questions to kind of gently guide us through telling the stories of our sons and there's a songwriter who is listening and he's taking notes as we're talking. We met on multiple occasions. And then he writes a song about our loved one. So the very first one that was released, we actually uh, um, got picked up by a label called Beautiful Emergence. And the first song that they released in January is called Be Water. And that's um, for... Um, Yvonne Osborne and her son Rick and they live up in the uh, northwest kind of grew up near the water it's a beautiful song and then mine was released in February called Follow Phoenix mm -hmm. and it was just just the two of us I thought that was it and then the therapist started inviting other individuals who'd lost loved ones into the group and then it began to become not just about us and our stories, but listening. Again, the listening, listening to them and their stories. The first two women who came in both lost their husbands tragically. And they would share their stories. And out of that, one was her husband was a surfer, Big Wave Dave. And so the song Churches, and Churches is a beach in Southern California, big surf beach. Okay. And again, a beautiful song. And then the next one was The Forge and a true love story of this woman and her husband. And so it became now that we're on the listening end and supporting end and helping to walk them through their grief process. And um, we added to the therapy process, not just the musical part of it, but then the artwork. So the song Follow Phoenix will come up on Spotify, iTunes, you know, all Pandora, all the music platforms, and you'll see a picture. And that is the picture that with the assistance of the songwriter, multi-talented artist, um, we had, um, an art piece that was like, we call it an album cover. And we're continuing on. We've now invited more 
individuals in. We have some combat vets um, that feed the beast is the next one that's going to be released. We had Missing the Boat, um, a Navy veteran, and it continues on in this way I never would have imagined and reaches, it's reached thousands and thousands of people, these songs. Wow, okay, so a couple of questions on that. Are the songwriter, the artist, uh, anybody putting music to it, like how are they connected? Uh, to these veterans groups? Are they just, you know, are they veterans themselves? Or are they people that are just trying to honor veterans and be involved, uh, you know? Yes, so Ian McCarter is the songwriter and artist, and he was a hospice nurse. And his first song was actually when he was in hospice and it was a veteran who was dying. And he, united at that time with his son and they kind of went through that process together and what came out of that was a beautiful song and Ian kind of had this idea and then he collaborated with um, her name is Heather who's the veteran um, um, group therapist and they came up with this idea Wow. And they got, they got a grant for it, and it's extremely healing, and now has created this family. We meet every single week for, for Yvonne and I for the last three years and mm -hmm. keep inviting more and more people in. And we see, again, not going into details, but we see transformation Wow! in wow. these people. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing, right? I mean, how cathartic, uh, how therapeutic to be able to uh, pay such tribute and memorialize with both artwork and song and, you know, uh, you know, obviously the, the lyrics that, you know, make up the song. I'm sure that it's just also um, very therapeutic to put together that. That's awesome. And, and let me ask you about these songs. Um, is there... Is there a certain choice that's being made that as the songs get sold, uh, somebody maybe pays for a download or something? Is that raising funds for uh, anything specific or? I do not know. I okay. don't believe so at this point. Okay. I'm but, sure that's coming. I'm sure yeah. that's coming. But, you know, that's, that's a good thought. It's a good thought. Right. Well, I know you're, you have so many different uh, ways that you're trying to bring awareness and, you know, raise funds and do different things with your 501c3. I was just curious about that. But, uh, well, this is this is awesome. And, uh, you know, say again how people can go and uh, listen to your specific song. They would go and look up Follow Phoenix on any of the... Uh, it's Follow Phoenix by Ian McCarter. Mm -hmm. And it's, like I said, on Spotify, iTunes, you know, all the music platforms. And they, oh. can, find it. they can find it easy. Well, that's awesome. Well, I hope that... Our listeners are inspired right after listening to this podcast to go check out that song and uh, just, you know, think about it as you're as you're listening to a song like that. You know, what can you do? What can you do to help with this great cause? Uh, you know, I'm so grateful for the men and women that serve our country and and we don't want any to be lost, uh, you know, especially afterwards when they should be hired and brought into a community and given goals and purpose, you know. So, uh, you know, thank you for that. Any any other words for our listeners? Um, I think 
as this Memorial Day is coming up, you know, we need to remember this is a day that is set aside, especially for those who were lost. Very different from Veterans Day, where we honor those who serve. And I go down to the cemetery, uh, the Miramar National Cemetery, where my son is buried. And I go there every memorial, as well as other occasions. And I not only put flowers for and flags for my son, but also for Big Wave Dave and Brian, who is <clears throat> the forge, the love story. And I have a client who I've trained for probably 30 years. I worked with her husband. He's a Vietnam vet. And he passed away. I trained him through his, his chemo. And he passed away. Um, also, it was from um, toxic exposure when he was in Vietnam. That hit him later. And I, I talked to them. I play their songs. There's a, another couple who um, both lived until their 90s. They were both World War II veterans. Their parents are one of my clients. One was, the father was a Pearl Harbor survivor. And to remember, mm -hmm. to remember that they were here and, and they served us and they have loved ones who are missing them so greatly. Yeah. That's really good. Just to take time, just to take time and be, be grateful for those men and women uh, that, you know, we've lost and, and to even think about their loved ones uh, that are still dealing with their loss and maybe place a flag somewhere, uh, you know, leave a flower. Uh, that's awesome. That's a great challenge. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing with our audience. I know it's a difficult story, but thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for taking on this great cause. It's awesome. Thank you, Travis. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to share my story. That means, means a lot. And I've enjoyed getting to know you through the mastermind. And you've always been a very kind person. And um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for listening, Overcomer Nation. Make sure if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating. Make sure that you share this and subscribe so you can see all of our future content. That's right. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future show, go to overcomers-podcast.com. If you're interested in our franchise opportunities with Journey 333, then go to www.journeyfitness333.com. And finally, if you like what you heard today and you feel like you're somebody that needs a bit more coaching, go to travisbarnes.com. Yeah!